0: Fed up of floor droves, driven to distraction and drowning with doom boxes, tired of living in chaos? Welcome to Decluttering Untangled, how to declutter when you're overwhelmed, ADHD or autistic. I'm going to help you uncover the secrets to decluttering, no matter what hurdles you face. You'll discover how to declutter, de-stress and transform your world. I'm Heather Tingle, reformed hoarder, neurodivergent declutter queen and your guide through the maze of mess. Let's get untangled. Hello, no untanglers. Welcome back to another episode of Decluttering Untangled. Today's topic is close to the hearts of many in my community. I know that because I hear it quite frequently, and that's how to declutter when you're stuck on pause. I'm Heather Tingle and in this episode we'll explore the unique challenges that you might face when decluttering and I'm going to share some practical strategies to get you off that pause button and it's that awful place when you know what you've got to do but you just can't do it and I find I experience this a lot and for me it's mostly about the thing of being pressured to do something so if I know I've got to do it and there's no immediate deadline then my brain rebels and I just won't do it. So feeling pressured, even if it's only pressure that you put on yourself to do something that you're beating yourself up about not doing, is a form of stress and our minds and bodies react to that. So if you're neurodivergent or depressed or anxious, you might often experience a different response to stress. You might have heard of the commonly known things such as fight, flight or freeze response. So today I'm going to focus on the freeze, that feeling of being on pause, Now I live being on pause quite frequently and I think it's important to tell you which type of pause that I'm going to talk about. I'm not talking about analysis paralysis and that's where you don't do anything because you're overwhelmed by choice. You don't know which one to go for. We're not talking about that. I'm not talking about the paralysis you feel when you feel you can't do anything all day because you've got an appointment at two o'clock. This is a different thing. This is a different type of pause. This is a pause where you know what you need to do, so you know you need to declutter or you know you need to clean, but there's a disconnect between knowing that you need to do it and then actually doing it. It's like hitting a pause button on your intentions. There's that middle space where you know what you've got to do, you're in pause, you can't do it. So executive function challenges play a massive role in this. Um, and one major hurdle to overcome is feeling overwhelmed so you look around and the clutter seems insurmountable it's tough to decide where stars, it all needs doing and we are all about the all or nothing and the big before and after transformations we're all about that aren't we so it can feel as if if we aren't doing big stuff we aren't doing anything at all so it's our all or nothing Um, And also, we need to talk a little bit about rewards as well, because for many people, they feel immense satisfaction by having done something, whether it's cleaning or decluttering. And they do a little something and they get hit with dopamine. If you're neurodivergent, we're going to struggle with that. We can also struggle with perfectionism as well. So we don't recognize a job well done, we just look at all the things that we've still left to do or things that we haven't done or we'll minimise what we have done by pointing out the imperfections, what we've achieved. Another thing to consider is when your environment is all, is cluttered all the time, it's challenging to see the point of doing anything, because let's face it, it'll need cleaning again, or the impact doesn't feel significant enough, so what's the point in doing it? If you're only doing a little bit and it's like a drop in the ocean, why bother? Something that others might do and that you might struggle with is imagining what the space will look like once you've done the job. So once you've done the thing, it's hard to see the end result. So envisioning the after can be quite tricky. Um, Many neurodivergent individuals struggle with visualising outcomes. So I'm very similar to this. I can do it for other people, but find it very difficult to do it in my own home as well. The uncertainty of what your space will look like after decluttering can be a significant barrier to starting. So if you can't imagine it, how can you even start to plan it if you've got no plan to follow? Um, A worry that I've also had is worry about getting so engrossed in it, you go full on, you totally forget everything else. So the fear of time slipping away from you, concerns about going all in on it, so you forget important tasks like picking the kids up from school or starting strong and then going all in, but losing steam halfway through and ending up in a bigger mess than when you started. And that'll make you feel utterly rubbish and like a failure, so you don't even start. So now we know all the theories as to what the pause is and why we get stuck on pause, what can you do about it? Well, I'm going to hopefully tell you. So firstly, it's really crucial to know your end result. What are you going to do? When are you going to do it? And how is your going to space going to look once you've done it? What does it actually look like? What thing are you going to be working on? How long is it going to take? What's the end result going to look like? Having a clear vision for that space is a powerful motivator. So in order to be able to do that, you really need to think small, like really small. So a shelf rather than a full cupboard, sorting out your carrier bags under the sink or going through your uh, antibacterial sprays rather than the whole cupboard or an entire category like all your cleaning products. So by making it smaller, it removes the pressure for actually doing it. You know it feels easily achievable. Because you feel it's achievable, it's not going to totally wear you out, you're more likely to do it. It also means you can really focus really well on that one thing, but there's a definite end point to it. So it's not uh, starting, but you don't know when you're going to stop. You know that once you've done that tiny little category, then you're going to end it. And you also know it's not actually going to take that long to do, so you're more likely to want to do it. You're also going to give yourself a reward for doing it. We need that extra incentive to finish a task rather than getting bored halfway through and abandoning it. How many times have you started something, gone really excited about it, gone all in on it and then never finished it, never completed it? If you make it small, there's less chance of that happening, but you still need a reward at the end. Just doing the task might not be rewarding enough initially. And I say initially because this might change as you go through the decluttering process. And you start to see the changes. You get that positive feedback. You realize that you trust the process and it's working for you. So you will get that reward feeling later. But when you first start, you're not at that point yet. So you need that reward because at first it's probably not enough. So you're gonna plan a reward for yourself. You're going to make it something that genuinely gets you excited, whether it's watching the Netflix, latest Netflix episode, having a cup of tea, that's one for me, or eating some sweets or some chocolate. Just something that you want to do at the end of it, but not buying things. Make sure that you're rewarding yourself. Taking a before and after photo of the space can also remind you of the difference you've made too, and that can feel good when you can physically see the difference If you take a before and after photo and you can't see the difference, what I suggest you do is take a photo of all the things that you're letting go of, and that will show that you are actually making progress and that makes you feel good. One thing which is always a sticking point is getting started. So, what I would really like you to do is figure out what that really first initial, that really first initial first step is. What is that first step? It might be literally just walking into the room where you're going to declutter. It might be getting a black bin out for your, for your bin bag. It might be opening a cupboard. Just do that first initial step. Don't think about the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Because what we try to do is we try to think so far ahead, it becomes overwhelming. So you're going to start with that initial first step. For me, often it's just walk, getting up off the sofa and going into that room. Once I'm in the room, then I'm, I'm all right, I carry on doing it. And it might help if you're listening to music or a podcast. This one to keep your half your brain occupied. So when you keep half your brain occupied, it means that you're able to concentrate better. If you like me, you're ADHD. It works really well because when half of your brain is occupied with something easy, like music or a podcast episode, for example, it means the other half of your brain can concentrate on the declutter. Consider having really short, sharp sessions. Setting a time limit can make the task feel more manageable. Just say something like, I'll declutter for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. You can get a visual timer and that's really, really useful. Really, really better. I'll put a link to one in the show notes for you. Um, Because if you can see the clock ticking, it means that you know you've not got long left. But also if you're near the end of it, you'll you'll go a bit quicker because you want to beat the clock. So if you can have an audio one as well, that's great too. So for example, if the song you're currently adoring is three minutes long, set it to play and repeat five times. It's less daunting than thinking about a whole day of decluttering. And that's, to be honest, it's not realistic for most people because you'll get decision fatigue way before the end of what you're wanting to achieve. Now here's a fun way you can do stuff. Gamify it. And you might wonder what on earth is gamifying. So in this where you're going to make it a competition. So you're going to make it compete against the clock, for example. Can you beat your own time? Can you get it done before the 15 minutes? So could you get it done in 12? Can you have a competition with a friend or an online buddy? Can you challenge yourself to fill a bag within a certain length of time? Can you let go of more items than your friend or what you did on your last declutter so you count every single item in the bag so maybe last time you got rid of 25 so this time you got 27 and you beat it well done can you get it sorted before the end of the tv program that you've got on in the background can you turn it into some kind of game that will add excitement which is often what we need to get going as part of that accountability is essential but it's got to be tailored to your needs So if you're someone who doesn't respond well to external pressure, so if like me, you're PDA, pathological demand avoidant, set a 10 minute decluttering goal, but give yourself like to do it within the next three hours. Or if you've got a full day off, then say you're going to do this point at some point this afternoon and you're going to reward yourself afterwards. So initially you're in control of how and when it happens and it can feel a bit loose about when it happens. Consider having a decluttering buddy. Now, I think this is one of the best things that you can do. However, you've got to be really careful with it because it could be a friend or a family member or someone from my decluttering community. And knowing someone is there to support you can make a whole world of difference. A little warning though, don't have anyone that's judgmental or will take over with their ideas of what you should be doing. You can use my free community to buddy up, because sometimes competing against a stranger and doing it together is better than having a friend or family come family member come round. And before we wrap up, I just want to tell you a bit about what's coming in the next few podcast episodes, as it links really well with what I'm talking about today. So we're going to explore my PAVE system. And in PAVES, um, P stands for plan. So some of what I've talked about today comes under that first step of plan. But there's so much more I can tell you about how to plan and what you need to do because having a plan is like having a roadmap for your decluttering journey and it's absolutely essential if you want to declutter with lasting success so that is it for today's episode i hope you've got some ideas that you can use let me know which ones worked for you which ones didn't which ones you really loved um and let me know how you get on do remember that getting off pause is a process and you know don't beat yourself up about it you're gonna to have to be kind to yourself during this process Um, I want you to celebrate those small victories and keep moving forward if you've got any questions or any topics you want me to cover then just send me a message so until next time keep untangling keep moving forward I'll see you later bye thanks for joining me for today's episode of decluttering untangled if you found anything that I've said today helpful please do me a favor hit that subscribe button or leave me a review It's like receiving a virtual high five that keeps me going and lets me know that I'm helping real people out there and I'm making a difference. Please remember, you're not alone in this. I'm building a community of fellow untanglers over on Facebook. Just visit the show notes for the link to my free decluttering community. So until next time, remember, you're not alone, you're not lazy, you can untangle your life.